Welcome or welcome back to Lift You Up, inspiring health stories. I'm your host, Tamika Bickham. I'm the founder and chief storyteller of TV Media Group, but for the purpose of this podcast, I am your health and happiness matchmaker. Now, before I introduce you to today's guest, you know what I'm gonna ask you to do if you haven't already hit subscribe on YouTube, turn on those notifications, and please connect with me on LinkedIn because I'd love to stay connected with you. Now, today you are going to meet the CEO and founder of Alula. Her name is Leah Schuster Beer. And she has a really incredible, powerful, and inspiring story. Just before her 30th birthday, she was diagnosed with an aggressive form of cancer. And just before that, her mom had battled breast cancer as well. She's talking about how that experience impacted her and her life. All of the questions that came up and the struggles she faced that really no one told her about. So now she's taking her experiences and has developed a platform to help others who are going through the same. Our physical, mental, and emotional health is not just a want, it is a need for happy lives and prosperous businesses. Lift You Up is the podcast where we share inspiring health stories from business owners who are fulfilling their purpose to live their healthiest lives and helping you do the same. From former TV reporter to marketing entrepreneur and content creator, I care about sharing stories that matter and stories that connect us. I'm your host, Tamika Bickham, your health and wellness matchmaker. Well, today I'm so excited to meet virtually all the way in Brooklyn, New York, Leah, <laughs> Jersey girl. So we got that tri-state connect. <laughs> Leah Schuster Beer, who is the CEO and founder of Alula and has an incredible story. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Tamika. I'm so excited to learn more about you. Just reading your bio, I was so, you know, I felt so connected to your story and just the work that you're doing, because I especially like on this podcast, I love to talk to purpose driven brands and CEOs, business owners, and especially when you can take something that is a, a major challenge in your life and turn it into a good, not only for yourself, but for so many others. So I'm excited to dive into all of that and learn more about Alula and your reason behind starting the business. Um, well, thank you for having me. I it's been a long road and I'm still in the middle of my recovery, but um, it's been the biggest honor to kind of take something so unfortunate and unlucky as getting diagnosed on the cusp of your 30th birthday with an aggressive lymphoma and be able to, you know, productize what I've learned from sitting in the chemo infusion seat from sitting in the bone marrow transplant isolation room, from being in the radiation chamber, to being at the bedside when my mom was undergoing breast cancer treatment and funnel it into a digital health product that we believe will transform survivorship outcomes for patients around the country. So, and especially in the last two years, I think it's been really hard to keep going for a lot of people. You know, we've suffered catastrophic loss as a society, as a global society, and to have something like Galula, which I'm excited to tell you more about, has just been a nice beacon of light. So I'm excited to hang out. Thank you for having me. I love that. Well, take us back to, I guess, the beginning of your story. And 
Um, I know you were in a different career path at that time. Um, and kind of walk me through maybe what your life was like before your diagnosis through receiving your cancer diagnosis. It was 2016 and I was on my way to an interview um, for a summer internship. And on my way to the interview, my mom called me and told me she had poor mammogram results. And like, you know, the millions of people in this country who unfortunately get that phone call from their mother, their brother, their best friend, their roommate, um, you know, exactly where you are when you get that call. Um, and that's, you know, when the six year journey really started, I just didn't know it at the time. Um, at the time I was getting my MBA at Wharton Business School in Philadelphia. I was intent on building a career in impact investing. I started my career at Goldman Sachs on Wall Street, where I was working with multinational companies like Apple and Walmart. I left Goldman to work on social impact bonds, where I worked with mayors and governors across the country, uh, from Governor Deval Patrick in Massachusetts to Mayor McAdams in Salt Lake City to build community health programs. Um, we were in, I was helping uh, design and finance programs that invested in cognitive interactive talk for children in Birmingham, Alabama, that invested in reducing recidivism in Massachusetts, that um, invested in uh, better unifying foster children with their biological mothers um, in a state of homelessness in, in Cleveland. That grounding work is what I've brought over to Alula um, as we're building a cancer telehealth product that we want in the homes of every cancer patient across the country, regardless of your zip code. Um, so when I was in business school getting that call, you know, I was kind of, you know, this like super type A person that was like on this path that she's kind of been on this like track since she was in, honestly, since I was a teenager uh, watching Gilmore Girls. Um, and when my, mo my mom ended up being sick for majority of business school and even after I graduated. Um, she underwent multiple surgeries and she ultimately had a double mastectomy um, that had to be reconstructed. And during that piece, of, during that process, my mom would constantly look to me and say, you know, why isn't my oncologist giving me a shopping list? Why isn't my oncologist following up on me and seeing how I'm feeling like it is there is so much burden on me to navigate all the stuff that I need at home to keep myself from landing in the emergency room and potentially dying. And that was sort of the initial kernel of like, I, I, I just remember, you know, we're an immigrant family. I, we are Jewish refugees from the former Soviet Union. We grew up in, I grew up in Queens. And I gotta tell you during a lot of these conversations with my mom, I wasn't really sure if like, we just weren't educated around the right questions. Like, was my mom's accent tripping up the conversation? Like, I sort of was inheriting so much of the burden as the patient, the caregiver, like we were doing something wrong. And it wasn't until I got sick that I was like, no, no, this system is not working for people. I got diagnosed with lymphoma just a few months, six months after I graduated Wharton. My mom had just had her final mastectomy that cleared all margins we were able as a family to take like a, a breath in November of 2017. And in January, January 11th of 2018, um, I landed in the emergency room after a flight because I was feeling like I was having a heart attack on the flight. And they found by accident an eight by 10 centimeter tumor, the size of 
a baseball in my chest. I'm a pretty small five, three person. Um, and I started emergency IVF two weeks later, I started chemo three and a half weeks later. I just started a new job. You know, you're 29, your life, mm-hmm. you think your life is just like, you're starting. About to, just starting, just about to get really sweet. Like the hardship of your twenties is over. <laughs> and the hardship was that that was just beginning. And what was your reaction? I mean, I, I could imagine feeling, you know, not feeling well on this flight and going to the emergency room, but, and thinking what something was wrong, but I'm sure you had no idea that it was going to be this. Right. So in the months right before that flight that saved my life, I hadn't been feeling well. I had been extremely tired. I felt sick. Uh, but I just was popping NyQuil's and Dayquil's and thinking like, I'm burnt out. You've had a really hard two years. Like grad school kicked my ass. My mom was super sick through grad school. Like I, I just thought I was burnt out on the last two years. And so, and I hadn't really taken a real break yet. So my husband, who's a physician was like, please, like it's a cold, might be some asthma is activating. Don't worry about it. No one thinks a 29 year old is going to get diagnosed with a really aggressive rare lymphoma. Uh, and the only reason I got diagnosed was because, um, I was on a flight to Salt Lake city from New York. We are going to go on a ski trip. Uh, we went straight. I was having, I had really bizarre sensation in my chest that I've never had in my life. And it turned out to be a tumor. My tumor was located here. So right between my lungs and right next to my heart. And so it turned out that the, because the tumor had been growing, it had hit some nerve endings near the heart. And that's why I had thought I had some cardiac situation going on. And when I arrived to the ER that night, um, you know, I'm 29 holding hands with my husband work. We're kind of newlyweds still at the time. And they thought we were, I was pregnant. They did a pregnancy test. I wasn't pregnant. They thought it was anxiety. I was like, I got nothing to be anxious about. I'm about to go on (laughs) vacation. (laughs) Um, I was so fortunate that because I was on a flight, a long flight, they were like, you know, you might have a blood clot. Let's do a CT Mm -hmm. scan. That's the only reason they caught it that at that point. And it was crazy because they came back into the room and they were like, you're all set, ma'am. You don't have a blood clot. Enjoy your trip. They were looking at the scan for a blood clot. And then by some grace of God, the doctor noticed a massive tumor in the chest, but it's so amazing, you know, the human bias in those moments, like mm-hmm. you're looking for something else. You're not looking for a massive right. tumor to show up on a 29 year old lady. Um, and he came back in and was just like, I'm, I don't know what to say, but we actually think we found a tumor. And within a few hours, they, uh, transferred me to Huntsman cancer Institute. And, uh, I did a workup with an oncologist. Like this was all in the same truly seven hour period. Um, and we, you know, we were in Salt Lake city, we live in New York city. And, uh, that I, I remember that day, that night and day. So vividly, well, everything that happened thereafter and just like setting up my care was really a highlight for me of all of the massive, massive gaps in helping patients just navigate. My husband had completed internal, um, an internal medicine residency at a Harvard hospital in Boston. He had a friend who was an oncologist that he did training with at Morrison Kettering. Ben saw the scan, cried, 
said, give me a moment, Leah, walked outside into the hallway, called Ritesh on his way to work and sent him a picture and was like, you know, dude, what is this? What do we do? What do we do next? And what we're building at Alula um, is helping patients through those scary questions. Um, mm -hmm. Not specifically those two. There's a lot of folks focused on that, but those are just the beginning of the really scary questions. And what blew my mind is that here I am married to a physician and um, we have a good friend who is an expert in this field. And it was still just so terrifying. Like, where do we do the biopsy? Do we do it fly back in New York? Do we do it in Utah? Like, how do I tell people? I I didn't even know like when to call my mom. I, I was like, I can't call my mom with this news after everything she's lived right. through. And again, that was just, you know, when we were kind of setting that up, everyone said, you know, the minute you get a treatment plan, this will all be easier. Um, and so we just focused on, I done it, making sure I got the right diagnosis. We got back to New York, we got set up at Memorial Sloan Kettering. And that was not the end of it. What not everyone knows is that cancer treatment itself is actually life-threatening too. I very, it very quickly be became clear to me as I was getting, you know, taught about the side effects of the chemo I was on, the immunotherapy I was on, that this was this was unlike any medication I have ever been on because it was making me sicker. Mm -hmm. um, the chemotherapy caused my hair to fall out within a matter of weeks. I was the most nauseous I've ever been. I was the most constipated I've ever been. I could not possibly drink enough water. I was so dehydrated. Water literally tasted like feet. I suddenly didn't want to eat anything that I've always wanted to eat. I was having issues with, you know, my nutritional direction. People were sending me <laughs> pink socks <laughs> and I was like, no, no, no. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to understand how to not vomit right now. And can you send me something that helps me with that? And what I realized very quickly was that, um, they couldn't because they didn't know. And the healthcare system isn't at, isn't educating patients and everyone who's supporting them through it on what actually living with cancer treatment entails and requires. Uh, here at Alula, you know, our mission is making uh, life with cancer more livable. And our product that we're building is focused on symptomatic relief uh, that during your treatment. And our big thesis is that we know that when you don't manage uh, your symptoms from cancer treatment, that is actually the leading cause of landing in the emergency room. If you're not controlling that, it is the leading reason patients are taking medication holidays or negotiating a reduction in their dose. Cause they're like, doc, I, I just, I'm so nauseous. I, I need to go down. It's the leading reason they actually quit treatment. It's actually the leading reason patients may not start treatment. We really want to take that knowledge that's currently, um, not really accessible for a lot of patients. Um, and the only reason it was accessible to me is because unfortunately I had cancer twice. So mm -hmm. um, after my first six cycles of treatment, the cancer came back. And the second time around, I was like, well, you know, the only golden lining here is that I know what losing my hair is going to feel like. I know what being chemo constipated really feels like. I know what's going to happen with my taste buds. I know what's going to happen with neuropathy in my fingers. And I was able to plan for that. I actively was able to purchase everything I needed to manage that at home. 
I had at that point built a system of oncology nurses and specialists that I could access. And what I'm building with Alula is productizing what I discovered the second time I had cancer so patients can have it on day one. Okay. Wow. I mean, thank you for sharing all of that. Um, that's such important information that you're sharing. And I want to go more into um, the work that you're doing in Alula, but I want to first ask you about something that you mentioned and you said um, that you you don't feel like this was an accident. What, what do you mean by that? So I think a lot of patients when they get diagnosed are like, why me? Mm-hmm. And when I got diagnosed at 29, I really thought, not just why me, but why me now? Like, isn't this something that would happen when I'm in my, you know, the average age of diagnosis is in your six in, in your sixties. Mm-hmm. Um, I started to work with a lot of alternative healers on understanding, you know, my life story, my path, um, my relationship to stress, my bad relationship with sleep, my relationship with movement my interaction with ancestral trauma, um, my childhood. And I got really deep on what at a cellular level is happening to create inflammation in our bodies. And I got really deep on, you know, why, how had I been living to, how badly had I been living to get so sick? And that created a lot of new decisions around my career around where we live around who i spend my time with around how i spend my time um i no longer treat sleep as something that's disposable i remember growing up i'd you know people be like you could sleep when you're dead that is <laughs> not true uh sleep is a foundational crux of cellular renewal and healing and keeping your you know keeping you your rates of getting alzheimer's and diabetes and cancer low And I didn't appreciate how habits that you have in your teenage years and in your twenties and your thirties really accumulate and really Mm. break down your cells. I had no idea. I also didn't appreciate my relationship with food and toxins in my environment. Um, I switched over to a super organic and local diet. I started shopping for all my fruit and vegetables at farmer's markets, even if they aren't organic, the fact that they're local and didn't travel on many cargo ships. I got really fascinated with what foods were packed with nutrients that could kill cancer. I oriented myself to that. And then I got really connected to spiritually, where do I got to heal? Because, you know, as, uh, as an immigrant who came here with my parents at the age of 18 months with nothing. And, um, I grew up in a household that really prized, you know, academic success as sort of the path to the American dream. And um, my whole life, that was like the drumbeat behind me. Mm-hmm. And I, my concern was sort of that, that ambitious, very work-oriented drumbeat had created this relationship with stress and um, total, like, I just didn't support my body. And so the reason I think the timing was great was because by getting diagnosed in the first third of your life, let's say, you really can make a change for the next two thirds of your life. And I'm still in that process. You know, 
it just would have never happened had I not had this like really horrifically rude awakening. And now, you know, I'm celebrating three years in remission. I actually have, yeah, that's amazing. It's it's amazing. I just had my, um, my three-year transplant birthday. So March 5th of, uh, 2019, I got a new immune system that they kind of grafted from, I'll spare you the wild science, but from my own body. Um, and you know, it's, it's a constant work in progress. I constantly find myself, especially with the last couple of years that we've all lived through really having to pull back to the practices and reintegrate and, um, constantly prioritize. Um, I, I meet with my oncologist every six months for surveillance and making sure that I'm okay. So I'm definitely in a week of um, what a lot in the cancer patient community call scanxiety. Um, but it's also uh, a really amazing wake up call of like right ahead of these appointments. I'm like, okay, like, did you set up your new therapist, Lee? Uh, how are you doing on your sleeping? Like, have you been doing too much takeout from Shake Shack? Like all of this, <laughs> like all of this, the sins kind of, um, and I think the coolest gift has also just been that it's, it's provided me these like six month leases on life, mm-hmm. which really shift how you orient and make decisions and decide everything when you really are constantly still living, like not like I have six months to live, but a little bit, like, you know, that every six months you might find out that you don't have that much time left. I, I so like, I'm connecting with so many things you're saying as far as like the sleep, the ambition, and then the, Hey, how are like the relationship with movement, um, the relationship with food, all of these things that impact our overall health. And it's oftentimes like, because all of these things that you've mentioned, I've interviewed the, the Reiki, um, healers, the meditation folks, the, um, you know, traditional doctors on this podcast, um, cancer patients from breast cancer to ovarian to like non-traditional healers and those who um, work with um, other types of healing through psychedelics. Like we've really touched all of these things on the podcast. So it's so interesting hearing this from you. You know, my opinion and what I'm hearing from you, it's like all those things can work together. It's Mm -hmm. not like either or. 100%. And it's all, however it lands in you, like, what are you craving right now? And it can change and you can revisit and totally. And it's, it is super, super integrative. I was seeing a Reiki healer to work on my relationship with dying because I realized that that fear of death was like, I could not enjoy if I, you know, if I only had six months to live, I couldn't enjoy it. I was so terrified of dying. I wasn't present and living. And um, that helped me really change my approach to how I would show up in the infusion. Um, I spent a lot of, I also started to see an integrative oncologist uh, at the time, which I was super, I couldn't believe that the first time no one told me that that exists. I just didn't know there are doctors that can help you think about how to manage your sleep and your nutrition. And he literally wrote me a plan and he literally wrote me a target for how much hours of sleep I need to target. He helped me pull down a YouTube 
um, pre-sleep yoga exercise to help me calm my anxiety. He put together a bespoke nutritional plan for me that was super plant-oriented, antioxidant-oriented, but he picked out the antioxidants that could disrupt my chemotherapy. Um, he worked, he was like, you have to move because it's the only thing that's going to help oxygenate you. And it was like a biology lesson with a therapy lesson and <laughs> having a clinician. I mean, that's what integrative oncology is. They kind of sit between the medical world and then all the spe other specialty care and they are medically trained. Um, you know, it's amazing. It, I had no idea that exists. So I literally wrote that down because that's important information that I'm sure so many yeah. people don't know about. Totally, totally. And that's the future, right? And you're seeing that with so many vignettes of healthcare, like you're seeing that in pregnancy, like our healthcare system in the United States is becoming whole patient and whole human. And what that means is integrating, um, I don't even want to say Eastern and Western practices. It's, it's integrating all of these healing tools that should work together and should amplify the total effect. So walk me through at what point in this journey um, did you come across the idea of Alula and say, hey, I'm going to start this business? <laughs> so um, Alula is a specialty care and telehealth platform. We, are, we have a marketplace that has um, the products that you can find in your clinician's office at the hospital combined with products that have been hacked by patients before you and everything is clinician blessed. Um, and we're combining that with clinical care. So this actually started as a gift registry concept because one of my initial pain points, like one of the things I found so crazy was some of the story I was trying to tell you, which was I was experiencing these horrific debilitating side effects from constipation to dehydration, to nausea, to vomiting, to incontinence. I was literally pooping my pants, which is a side effect of chemo that nobody mm -hmm. told me. And my friends didn't know, wanted so badly to help me. And when you Google what to send a cancer patient, you get a bunch of, you know, pink blankets and pink socks. I didn't even have breast cancer. And when that arrived at my apartment, even though it came from so much love and, and that was basically like, Hey, we're investing in your care. We're investing in your healing. We want you to feel loved. It made me feel so unseen. And so I initially was like, what if I built a registry that made it really simple for patients to do for patients and their loved ones to do that. So we have that. Um, in addition to what I just described, you also can build a recovery registry, which is meant to, de to, to change the conversation of what patients require to heal. Um, and that's been incredibly powerful. And we actually see quote unquote gifting behavior uh, is quite popular on our site because the reality is uh, cancer is one of the leading um, causes of bankruptcy in for, for healthcare patients. And it's just the most expensive treatment there is. We are really focused on having the conversations about what hurts and how you feel that you don't feel comfortable having with your oncologist. We want you to tell us that you're shitting your pants. We want you to tell us that it's sex is super painful. Now. Um, we want you to tell us that you've been on the toilet for, for three hours. These are things that are embarrassing, filled with shame, confusion. You're like, is something wrong with me? 
and you, and, and this is scientifically backed, like patients are not reporting that to their doctor. My dream with the Lula is to really radically shift that conversation and to take out this, the stigma and the shame and the fear that has kept a lot of people from talking about real, the reality of what it means and to build a product that makes that accessible, easy to understand and easy to access from anywhere in the country. Through your experience and everything that you learned, how did you apply building a business, which we know is not for the faint of heart and takes a lot of, you know, blood, sweat and tears. Um, and how did you apply the, you know, what you learned from those experiences into how you approached like living your life while building your business? From day one, I've just said, I'm building a different kind of company and I'm building a different kind of team and I'm building a different way to work. And that is what I've been focused on, building a different way to work. And I am as intent on radical on radically shifting cancer care in America as I am on changing how we work. And I've done that a lot of different ways in terms of how I structured our work week, how I structure our communications. Um, we have open and close hours at Alula, for instance, after 7 p.m. Um, you are not allowed to Slack or email your colleague unless it's urgent. You, if you're having a night owl night, you're, there's a schedule and send feature in Gmail. There's a schedule and send feature in Slack. You're required to schedule and send it for 8 a.m. the next morning. That has been one of the most powerful things I've done because I wanted to give myself space to sleep. And I didn't want to be up all night checking my Slack, checking my email. It has been about setting boundaries and setting expected behavior. And the schedule and send feature, <laughs> that's been a massive hack. Um, we also have no meeting Fridays to, we had no meeting Wednesdays, but uh, to kind of create a midweek heads down day, but uh, we've moved that to the end of the week to really give people a chance to um, have less meetings. So we have a lot of focus time. I actually have implemented just a few weeks ago, a practice where I don't take meetings until 1 PM um, on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. And that way I can wake up. I can go on a walk. I can meditate. I can take a shower. I can make a nice nourishing breakfast and I can have flow state from nine to one. Um, and I've been, you know, pushing my team to copy that for us. It's really been, we call them, um, our work rhythms. And I've been, they've been a work in progress. I think as people join the team, that it's really important to take an inventory of what people need and adjust your policies for the team because every single time your team grows, your team changes. And so mm -hmm. how you work invariably should change. So to do that, we have user manuals. And whenever we have a new employee, they they fill out a brand new user manual. And we have a set, one of our first sessions on day one is the presentation of user manuals across the entire team so that you know what's up. You And the questions range from how do you like to receive feedback to what are the hours that you like to work? When do you get energy? How do you, um, what are sort of what's happening outside of work that we need to know? Um, one question is, you know, how do your employees support you in remote work? Um, so we all know those things about each other. And again, I think it's just infusing that compassionate knowledge so that you can honor boundaries. 
it can be such a challenge with like remote or distributed teams when everybody is working different hours. Um, everyone has different schedules and responsibilities. So that's something we've currently been working on as well, just like working patterns and understanding what that looks like for everyone. Because yes, you can reach a point where it's out of control and emails or slacks are going at two in the morning and it's like, okay, <laughs> love <Yeah>. the schedule. <laughs> yeah. Love the schedule said. Um, so, and I'm sure that just helps so much with your sanity as a CEO of your Every, business. Yeah. Everyone's. I mean, how do we design work around living instead of designing living around working, I think is the biggest lesson for us all coming out of this. And, um, you know, you're seeing everyone individually figuring out what that means for them. And you're seeing institutions figuring out mm -hmm. what that means. And we have a once in a lifetime opportunity to rewrite the rules. Um, <laughs> but I'm really, I'm really excited for sabbaticals to be a big thing. I'm really excited for four day work weeks. We've totally sanitized like what's going on with you, what's going on in your life and how's it impacting how you're showing up? How's it impacting your ability to be creative? How's it impacting mm -hmm. your focus? Mm -hmm. And because we've done that, we've alienated each other. No, I love that. Yeah, it's so important. Um, I have two final questions for you. One, what's next for Alula? I feel like, you know, you're doing a lot of things, big things. What's what's next on the on the list for you? <laughs> yeah. So um, our focus is to get to every cancer patient in the country. And unfortunately, that means, you know, over nearly 17 million people. We are expanding the marketplace at the moment, and we are expanding the product um, to add a more clinical interactions with patients. So we're heads down on on, folk, on building that. Um, and broadly speaking, we're in the process of, of standing up a number of partnerships um, to really meet the patient as early in their cancer diagnosis as possible. So we've been really focused on that as a survivor and as continuing to experience symptom management continuing on. Um, it has kept me um, really focused on the goal of reducing symptom burden for us and using better digitally native symptom track symptom management to help people live longer mm. and help people stay um and, and and support their recovery and support their healing wonderful and i'd like to ask every guest this and i feel like we've touched on it a little bit for you but if you could offer one health tip that helps you show up your best each and every day um, that you would recommend others try, um, what would you say that actionable tip might be? Yeah, for sure. So um, I've been really focused on my sleep the last two years, especially since it's been a historic time where I think so many people have had trouble sleeping, me included. Uh, Early in the pandemic, <laughs> my sleep was so bad, I got a sleep coach. And one of the tips she shared with me was um, really aligning yourself, re really uh, wiring your inner circadian rhythms to the sun, because that's how humans are wired to sleep, to fall asleep, to wake up. I feel so dumb, but I didn't know that and um, until I met her. And so I did two things. One is I broke up with my alarm clock, which was her first you know, prescription for me of how wow. to sleep better. And I haven't woken up to an alarm clock since the pandemic started and it has changed my life. The only thing I will say is then you get very dependent with daylight savings time of 
if the sun is is rising a little later or a little earlier, that that's when you're waking up. Mm-hmm. But that's how we were meant to. That's how we were made. Um, and then similarly, if you can't do that, or if you want to really supercharge that tip, uh, the minute you wake up, if you can go outside within the first half hour, you connect with um, the light, and that re um, balances your your inner circadian rhythm. I really like that. So can 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 the going outside apply? Because I'm like a, a super early bird, like 5 a.m. Um, yeah. So can even though the sun's not out yet, going right. outside in that going first outside. half hour is still yes, yes, applies. because you're still it's dawn and there's all of this beams that are coming through. And, you know, if you are an early bird, like that says something about how your body is wired. And so you should just lean into that. It is more about, yeah, getting outside, being with nature, hearing the birds, being with the trees, being with the sun, being with the sky at its natural moment and interaction with you. That's <laughs> awesome. So um, tell everyone how they can find out more about Alula, um, support you, find you on social, all the things. <laughs> Alula is such a wild thing because if you need a Lula, you're facing one of the hardest and darkest days of your life. Um, and for that, I'm sorry. Um, I hope one day we'll be out of business and cancer won't be a thing and we'll work on other things. Um, but in the meanwhile, if you or someone you love is undergoing cancer treatment, you can find us at myalula.com. Um, that is where you can find Alula on call where you'll have a expert guide walk you through how to translate treatment in terms of what you can expect in terms of how you'll feel. And um, you can shop for the product that could provide functional relief for you. And um, on our social, you can follow us at our Alula um, on Instagram. Awesome. This has been wonderful. Um, I've really enjoyed hearing your story. Um, it's really powerful and has inspired me. And I'm so excited to share it with everyone else. So thank you so much for taking the time and for being here today. Oh, it's so my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thanks for holding space. As Leah said so well in this episode, I hope you don't need this platform or someone that you know and love. But if you do, Alula is there to help and support you. They're doing incredible work. The founder is so mission driven. So make sure you go below, find all of their information, connect with them, check out the website and make sure you learn more and share it with someone who could need it and really benefit from it. Also connect with me if you haven't done so already. You know I'm all the places, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. I love to play there and YouTube. So make sure you hit subscribe, turn on those notifications because we come back each and every week with new episodes and I'd hate for you to miss out. So until I see you back next week, because I know I'll see you then, stay happy, stay healthy.